Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. They are Sports Illustrated. It's amazing. This incredible body of work. I really appreciate the integrity. Everything you do is well done. You guys do a great job. We love it. What can we say? He's Chris Maddox. He's employed by Sports Illustrated. The announcer's got it in for me. There you go. This is the Crossover NBA Podcast. If you have a problem with it, build a team that can beat them. Hosted by the one and only. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Chris Mannix. All right, Sean Powell is here, longtime NBA writer, down here in the bubble, working for NBA.com. And let's jump right into it, Sean. There has been a really interesting 24 hours. Uh, on Wednesday night, we witnessed history. Uh, for the first time since 1992, when the Rodney King riots burned through L.A., NBA postseason games were postponed. Three games wiped off the slate. Another three postponed on Thursday. It's when we're recording this. Uh, this was, of course, led by the Milwaukee Bucks, who refused to take the floor for their game against Orlando, a response to the shooting of Jacob Blake, the 29-year-old black man who was shot seven times by a police officer in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So let's start there. What did we see last night? I think what we saw was uh, an emotional decision by the Bucks, and that's understandable. Um, you're talking about a, a team that's just 40 miles north of Kenosha, uh, so therefore it hits close to home. You're talking about players who, in their own neighborhoods from where they, where they come from, either they have experienced something similar, not shooting, but you know, just interactions with police or family member or friend. Uh, Chris Middleton, who's from South Carolina, uh, spoke about how he had interactions with police in his hometown. So I think it really uh, came to head. And then you had two interesting individuals in that room, and that's George Hill, who just a day earlier expressed, why are we here? And then you had Sterling Brown, who uh, still has a suit pending against uh, 
uh, Milwaukee police based on an arrest gone wrong with him a few years ago. So those two were the engines that drove this. And once Giannis Antetokounmpo is on board, now you have the clout. Uh, everybody else fell in line. And uh, the Bucks, I guess, decided not to play maybe about three hours before the game because I was in the arena and I saw Giannis start to walk towards the court. Mm. And then he turned around and walked back with Chris Middleton to the locker room. They didn't reemerge for five, until five hours later. The Orlando Magic was caught completely by surprise. They didn't know they were out warming up. The Miami Heat, which had practice in an adjacent gym at the arena, they had no idea. They were at practice preparing to play the next game. So I think this was, um, this sort of uh, was spearheaded by the Bucks, mm -hmm. obviously, even though some other players with Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics kind of floated that in the air. Milwaukee took action. And as I said, I thought it was an emotional decision, but probably the right decision. You know, it's the timing of it to me is fascinating because we were both standing there in that hallway afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that every player that came out was in their uniform, which implies to me that they, you know, got to the arena, got dressed and were preparing to play. And then something changed in that final hour, 90 minutes, whatever it was. It was one by one, they came out and they were all still in uniform. So that was, that was interesting to me to note at the time. And as you said, I mean, Miami practicing next door. Oklahoma City was warming up on the court just up the hill. This was very much a Milwaukee unilateral decision to go out there and do it. And um, the trigger is obviously what happened with Jacob Blake. But in talking to some players, Sean, I've gotten the sense that they've felt like the message they're trying to deliver has been diminished over the last couple of weeks. Really, since the playoffs have begun, uh, it the, the focus has maybe gone more towards basketball and off of what they have been trying to, to push forward since they've been here. Have you gotten that sense at all in the last couple of weeks? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the, the shooting on Sunday. If that hadn't happened, um, I'm not sure the players would have drifted in that direction. Uh, if you've noticed that the first couple of uh, games uh, during this restart, uh, television showed the anthem, which television never does. Never. But after that, they stopped showing the anthem. So players were kneeling and not getting the exposure from that. That's a good point. Yeah. I uh, also think the players felt the effects of being in Orlando for a long time, particularly uh, the Toronto Raptors who have been in Florida for, you know, they were the first ones here. They, they started out in Fort Myers, I believe, before coming to Orlando. Uh, so I think the effects of all that also came t uh, to affect them a little bit. Uh, finally, their family members haven't been around. Uh, I know they're coming in this weekend and, or at the early uh, part of next week when they clear quarantine. But to go through this and just have your teammates and coaches and not have, you know, the people who are really in your inner circle, your family, your wives and everything. I think that all played a part also. Um, but what, I, what I'm confused about is what did the players feel that they could accomplish away from Orlando? Uh, on their own. First of all, there's a pandemic still going on, so it's not like they can go out marching and things like that. I don't think their family members would want them exposed to that, right? 
And the other thing is, once you leave Orlando, you don't have the platform that I think the NBA has brilliantly built for you. You have the, you know, your slogans on the back, what's on the court, the media here is just really sticking a microphone in your face, not asking any kind of challenging questions. Basically, the floor is yours. So George Hill, and no disrespect to George Hill, would he have that same platform if he goes home? And that's what I was a little bit confused by. Uh, I think the NBA has done a great job, not only setting this up health-wise and things like that, but allowing the, the players to voice their opinions about all things uh, sh- social justice, waving, standing for the anthem, all those sort of things I think the NBA, which is by far the most progressive league in, in professional sports, I think the NBA has helped. Them. And I was just didn't understand why the players would want to leave that. Do you think, and as we record this, all signs indicate that this weekend the NBA will be back. Do you think that the decision to sit out by the Bucks and subsequently by other teams had an impact? Do you, do you think it was nationally impactful and therefore worth what they did? I think it had an impact in terms of raising the conversation and it had a ripple effect with other sports because we started to see Major League Baseball, which, of course, doesn't have anywhere near the social awareness of the NBA, really skip games and have player protests, soccer, tennis, uh, you can go on and on. So from that standpoint, I think it had an impact. But this is all really about action and not words. A day or two from now, when everybody is back to playing, exactly what was accomplished? Really. Mm. And in my opinion, nothing. Nothing. Mm. You're back to playing. If you really wanted this to have some teeth, then go home. Go home. And then it's lasting. But when you turn around and decide, well, all of a sudden my head is back in the game now. You know, again, that was the reason cited or we were just not focused. Mm. Well, what transpired in the last few days that all of a sudden you're focused again. Nothing happened in Kenosha. Nothing happened in, in Milwaukee. Nothing happened in Seattle. So, um, look, I think the players have done a lot, but really this whole situation is about action. And I'm not so sure we know what sort of actions will result as as uh, in, as result of this. Do you think there would have been more significance in the league just in all these players saying we're done? We're going home. I mean, we're talking about the, the power of the message and the statement. Would there have been more significance in the players saying, all right, we're, you know, because of what happened, we're wrapping it up, we're done here? Or to your earlier point, is there more power in staying, in using that platform, in, which was going, as we both know, is going to become more and more visible as you get deeper into the playoffs and these games become more meaningful. Yeah, obviously, I think uh, if you go home, yes, you make a statement, but, and, you know, it's historical and things like that. But when you do that, you have uh, unintended victims caught in that crossfire. And by unintended victims, I mean, number one, the NBA. Without that revenue coming in from TV, all of a sudden, maybe they have to start laying people off or firing people or furloughing people. The TV networks, same thing. Uh, The media, same thing. Anyone who is in this NBA ecosystem would feel the effects of that. Is is that what LeBron James and George Hill and and Giannis and uh, all the other players really wanted to accomplish? The ripple effect of that? I mean, we are uh, their support system in a sense. Okay? 
So therefore, you have the unintended consequences. Also, the financial loss from the MBA will be, a, 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 you know, felt through the next, you know, uh, you know, salary cap and things like that, player salary. What about some of these 15-year-olds who are going to come to the NBA and want to cash in about three years? All of a sudden, their money is affected by the actions. So again, I think, look, I am probably twice as old as some of these players. I don't look at things or problems and think emotionally. I start to think about blueprints and plans on how to solve it. I think what the Bucks did, and I'm not saying it's wrong, and I can understand it, but it was an emotional decision, and it was proven because you're going to turn around and play again. Mm -hmm. And to, along those lines, they didn't involve anybody else, and I think that created chaos in the aftermath of it because in the aftermath, you had players that were in that meeting that were saying, what do we do now? I mean, we, what's the next step in all this? And nobody could really answer that. I mean, should they have involved the rest of the league, their peers, in, in this decision? Well, that's why you had such a contentious meeting that you had, um, you know, hours after the Bucks did their uh, walkout. Um, the most dangerous situation any group can have is the lack of a consensus, okay? And again, I go back to having a plan of attack. Um, teams were, players, they were all caught by surprise. And I think if you really polled the players and they were honest, I would probably say the majority wants to play. Mm. They want, they, they, look, do you know how much it takes for basketball players to stop playing? In the playoffs, no less. I mean, th these guys would probably play basketball for free if all of a sudden the NBA disappeared tomorrow. So um, that's why you had a lot of back and forth, uh, some dis healthy disagreement, healthy debate. And I also think there are some players who look at guys like LeBron and Chris Paul and some of the other heavyweights, and I think they're a little bit too intimidated to speak their mind mm. because they realize they have power. And if you speak your mind and you uh, express an opposing point of view, then maybe you're viewed as an outcast. You're not along with the group and everything. So I just think that the second, deci the, the, the second decision that the players made by deciding to come back was not emotional. It was rational. Mm. And the emotional decision, I can understand, and the rational decision, I can understand. And even the, even the first vote, and I was one of the people reporting that the Lakers and the Clippers had voted not to play. In the aftermath of that, I heard from several players who had said, it, it wasn't really like, they're not packing up and going home. Like, they're, they're not done. They were letting us know that this was their position, and then they left the room. But there wasn't anybody in that room that believed we'd just seen the last of the Clippers and the Lakers. And it did seem odd to me because those two teams, LeBron specifically, have the most to lose in a situation like this. Uh, you know, LeBron cuts away from the season. He might be giving up his best chance to win a championship. That I don't know, I don't know if that, how that struck you when you first heard that the Lakers and the Clippers were the first to, to say no. It's hard to tell what is real and what is posturing. It's very hard to tell uh, because we see a chess game uh, it in, when it involves owners also, and now you have a list of demands, now every side is trying to get leverage because negotiation is really all about leverage. It's not about how good you are, this, that, or whatever. It's whether or not you have leverage. 
Uh, so we're, we're seeing a lot of leveraging. I suspect we probably saw some posturing. None of us were in the room, of course. This mm. is what we're trying to, you know, uh, trying to uh, decipher basically uh, from people we, we've heard from. But uh, it's hard to, like I said, it's hard to determine what's real and what's ever. But like I said, if you put every player's hand on the Bible and you ask them, do you want to play? It's just a gut feeling of mine. I think the majority would want to play. And I think also some of that majority felt probably hurt that they weren't consulted, mm. as they should be. Just because you have a certain status as a player does not mean your vote is higher than, you know, the guy who's coming off the bench. You know, you know this, this is not about MVP votes. No, this is about something that affects, you know, the group. And so, therefore, I think the people who were left out probably felt stung. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The, the immediate reaction has been to turn to NBA owners for more, to, to give them more than what they've been given up until this point, or maybe given is the wrong word, to what they've negotiated up until this point, and continue and do more for the, for, for the social justice movement. Uh, what do you make of that? That, that they're, I mean, there's really nowhere else for them to turn, at least not to make to have something tangible. Like, you can't, I mean, I saw, I thought it was, I mean, they went and called, in Milwaukee, that Milwaukee locker room, they called the Wisconsin Attorney General, and that Wisconsin Attorney General turned around and basically weaponized that conversation. He turned and said, "Well, you know, the Bucks are doing more than the senator here and the assemblyman there." He, he made it political in that moment. So, in, in a way, the Bucks were used, I thought, as pawns uh, in that situation. The the players can turn to owners because they have some control over that situation. What did you make of of that being the the tangible reaction that they had to it. I'm not so sure 
if there's a lot the owners can do at this point. Um, I realize I, I kind of get an idea of what some of the players are, are hoping for because if you own a sports team, the chances are pretty good you're politically connected or you have clout with politicians. And that's the link that the player is looking for. Uh, people who are in that sort of circle who can really force change. Uh, if you're, if, for example, if you own the Utah Jazz, well, you probably have some clout in Salt Lake City politics, you know, particularly Sacramento Kings, some of these smaller or, 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 or mid-sized uh, towns with professional sports teams, and in some cases, it's the only pro sports and te- team in town, then your status is elevated politically. It comes to arenas, you know, buying arenas and, and the tax base and all those sort of things. So I think the players are just trying to make that connection and force the owners to take action politically against some of the people in, in, that, in that circle where maybe some of the players can't in, infiltrate. Is that... I mean, should should owners have an obligation to do something like that? Because I, I kind of suggested last night on social media and got just buried in an avalanche of replies that the owners are doing things like they're didn't they're not coming into this, you know, just saying go play. I mean, the things we talked about with the stuff on the back of the jerseys and you know the way that they've treated the players' desire to kneel during the national anthem to financial stuff. I mean, it was just three weeks ago that they announced that initiative to contribute $300 million uh, to into the black community economically. Uh, I mean, should they do more? I mean, how? what's your perspective on what they've done up until this point? I think if we were talking maybe 20 years ago in the NBA, when you had a lot more old school owners, maybe. But Chris, you know, in the last uh, decade, decade and a half, We've we've had, you know, more progressive owners, the Mark Cubans of the world. You can go on down the line. Uh, like I know uh, Richard DeVos, the DeVos family owns the Orlando Magic uh, and they're fairly conservative. But really, they're, you know, that's pretty rare among NBA owners. So just to get to your point, you, I think you're absolutely right. I, I don't know what else the owners probably feel they can do because the owners are are on the player's side and they have been uh, starting with um, uh, David Stern a little bit but especially with Adam Silver Uh, so again look I don't know what else can be done I'm not so sure how hard the players are going to twist the owner's arm for things that we don't know about politically and things like that but if I'm an owner, I'm feeling a little bit helpless now because I'm shrugging my shoulders and I said when when we met about this restart we gave you guys everything. Mm. And, and why did the goalpost move? You know, I, I don't understand it. I think too, at least from my perspective, it's somewhat dangerous. And I'm not saying players have asked for this, but I hear this a lot on, on social media and things that, you know, owners should commit to never funding the police. Like Tillman Fertitta gave $10 million to the Houston police. Or owners should commit to no longer contracting with police departments to do security on that thing or, you know, taking it more a step further, owners should commit to never supporting, you know, the Trump administration or anything that is involved with it. I, I just, I'm not saying any of that is, is necessarily wrong. I think it's dangerous to just start mandating how people think on, on either side to say that you have to, in order for us to play in order for a game to be played or in this business to pick up again, that you have to go and, and, 
and do this these specific things and, and think this certain way. I think I, I feel that's a little bit of a slippery slope. Yeah, because you're trying to dictate someone's livelihood and their preferences and things like that. And I think the the players would be upset if the tables were turned and the owners told them how you need to vote and how you need to, you know, conduct yourself business wise and things like that. And and again, Chris, as I mentioned before about the unintended victims, let's take for example defunding the police in Houston. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm married to a woman who is uh, who's from Houston. And I can tell you that the, uh, the makeup of the, of the Houston police is, is very diverse. So you're defunding the police. And what about the unintended victims of that? How about the black police officers? Okay. Is that who you also want? You want to affect their livelihoods too? What about the good police officers who are, who are, who are not only police the community, but live in the communities in which they police? You want to hit them too? Fine. The one thing that I find kind of really disturbing about you know, the era in which we live is the constant stereotyping. We're smearing everybody based on the actions of, of a few. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because um, I had a uh, discussion not long ago with, uh, with a white colleague and I told them the story of, of, a, of a white woman who was distrustful of black people because she was a victim of a crime or something like that. I get it. So she was a victim. She, she uh, basically pushed stereotyping because she suddenly lumped all black people together. And I, I, I think that was unfair. And so when we do that also, I think that's unfair too. Let's judge each individual, each incident on its own and not try to implicate everybody. Let me ask you one other thing. What's been conspicuous down here by their absence has been senior NBA leadership. You, you haven't seen Adam Silver in the bubble. You haven't seen Mark Tatum in the bubble. Uh, the NBA, by all accounts, has done a remarkable job setting this up. You've been down here as long as I have. It certainly has its flaws, and it's difficult for players to, to deal with on a regular basis, but this is a, a remarkable accomplishment. All that being said, you do see top basketball executives here, and one, when I talk to these executives, one of the reasons they say they're here is because they want to be able to, if players struggle are struggling, they want to be able to relate to what they're going through. They want to be able to connect with them on that level. It's why I think you see, in part, Masai Ujiri here, Sam Presti here, Lawrence Frank here. It, this is a way of kind of me asking, do you think that anything, the outcome, not, not that maybe the outcome would have been different, but do you think anything would, have, would be different if Silver or Tatum were here right now? Do you think that would have changed anything over the last few days? I'm not sure whether it would have changed anything or not. Uh, I think the players would have appreciated if Adam Silver was in some of these meetings and everything. Uh, I can't speak to why Adam's not here or Mark Tatum, for whatever reason they're not, although I do understand they'll be here for the conference finals. Yeah, and the finals. last three weeks I believe they're coming exactly. in uh, yeah. for the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, but there are a lot of very influential people who are here, Doc Rivers, who speaks so eloquently about all things race, police misconduct, all that. Uh, Masai Ujiri also, I mean, so it's not like the NBA players are lacking very respectable authority figures here. Uh, and in certain situations, a Doc Rivers or Masai Ujiri will probably be more qualified to speak on certain subjects than Adam Silver. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and by the way, in this era of technology, you can pick up the phone and you have FaceTime with Adam Silver if you, if you really need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, I don't know if things would be different just to answer your, your mm-hmm. question. Uh, well, I guess we'll never know. Let me ask you one other thing. I mean, 
the the sad part of all this is that three hours from now, three days from now, three weeks from now, exactly what happened in Kenosha, exactly what happened in Minneapolis could happen again. I mean, how how are players supposed? How do you think they're supposed to respond to that? I mean, how should they respond to that? I mean, is it you know this? I I got the sense that, and maybe it's a, a naive like I'm a naive feeling on their part, but like I think that them being here they thought they'd have more of an immediate impact on on what was going on out there. I mean, what happens, do you think, in three weeks or in the NBA Finals if something similar happens again? Well, uh, I don't think any of us know because um, we don't walk in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one to tell them how they should feel or, or what, should, what they should do or how they should react. I, I would like to tell them, however, uh, that why did you come here in the first place? Because something like this could happen again without warning. And um, were you prepared for that? What was your plan in the event that would happen? And I don't think they had a plan. Clearly, they didn't have mm-hmm. a plan. Uh, I'm just some of the school of thought that you, you know you play ball. If uh, you know John Carlos doesn't run the race and doesn't get on that victory platform in 1968, Mexico City then we would all have been denied a, a, an amazing moment. Uh, you finished the race. Uh, Jackie Robinson, continue playing in, 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 the, uh, in the face of so much bigotry and, and racial hostility. Mm-hmm. Uh, play the game. That's why you're here. That's really what made you special. Mm-hmm. Do that. Let your I was reading about Jesse heard. Owens just the other yeah. day. Like, I mean, the, the, what he did in Germany in what exactly. was it, 30, 36. Yeah. Uh, I mean... His history making, life changing in Hitler's backyard, doing something like that. If if they can do that and they pave the way for you, play the game, keep your platform. Mm-hmm. Sean, appreciate it, man. Uh, hopefully next time we'll be talking Bucks Lakers, something <laughs> like that. Basketball, in basketball, <laughs> actual finals. But I appreciate you joining me, man. Hey, anytime, man. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 